Alright guys, this is the host of Real Talk with Ramos. My name is David, and I'm with my special guest for the week, Lori. Hey. Say hi to everybody, Lori. Hey you guys, what's up? And this is my special co-host, Whitney Parr. I'm just not going to say last name no more. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, uh, Lori, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Alright, so I'm 20. Um, I go to Voo Church right now. Wow. Um, I'm a Voo College student. Um, I was called to ministry when I was 12. Wow. I've been in ministry, um, preaching and worshiping since I was 12. Um, there's not much to me. I'm an open book, people's <laughs> person. People are my heart, seriously. Mm. And I just, I don't know, I just like to be around people. That's about it. Going to Boot College, um, how's that been for you, going just into college? Is it everything you thought it would be? Is it like It's more than things? I thought it would be. Like, the adjustment period, mm. um, time management, um, and just seeing how ministry is like with a such with such a great church like Blue Church. Yes. Um, just seeing how pe how people are <laughs> and how um, you know we as college students get to play a part in them either coming to Christ or them getting in community and being a part of something bigger. So it played such a big role in my life right now. Um, and I don't know. It's just what's the words I can use? It's just that. As college students, you your your college experience isn't really that great at a regular college, but at Voo College, it's phenomenal. It's top notch. Yeah, mm. very phenomenal. Now, how do you think you, you mentioned the adjustment period? What yeah. are some things that like you had to learn during the adjustment period? Um, do you felt like there was attention sometimes? Because I know at least for the ministry school we go to SUFTL. Um, there's a little bit of attention there to people who want to preach and people yeah. who want to lead on a worship team. And then your first semester, you're making phone calls <laughs> or you're texting teams yeah. or you're doing graphics that you're like, I don't even know how to use Photoshop. <laughs> uh, like, how, how was that for you? Uh, the adjustment period was kind of serious. So uh, growing up, I went, I um, led worship and helped like ministry-wise at my uncle's church. Mm. So mind you, pastor's niece kind of takes care of everything. Yeah. And this is different where there's people for like everything. Yeah. Um, the adjustment period was hilarious because <laughs> during my first year at VU, I couldn't, I didn't leave worship. Um, I didn't leave worship and um, I just felt like at the beginning, I really did feel out of place because these are new people. This is a new surrounding. I didn't know how to handle it. And after a while, um, I think Pastor Rich said it best. He's like, you don't know you're called to something if there's no obstacles. And throughout the obstacles of me of feeling uncomfortable and me feeling like, oh my God, I don't think I can do this. That's how I knew I was called to it. So that's how I pushed through it. And I really, I crushed the heck out of that thing. <laughs> crushed the heck out of that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, just the capacity you serve. Uh, you know, I, I follow Instagram, follow you with your stories, you know, yeah. shout her out, you know, I'll put that in the in the comments and the notes below, but uh, her Instagram and all that, but um, you do a lot of things over there. Yeah. Does it sometimes feel like when they asked you to do these things in the beginning that you were just like, um, and this may be a hit or miss question, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. you feel that, wow, this is a lot and I'm not a lot. Do you, do you, did you ever feel like that? Well... Um, I think anyone in ministry or Feels anyone like called to ministry, there's a period of time that you can run your fastest. And at that period of time, I was running my fastest. 
And there was also a period of time where I burned out. Wow. And I was just tired. I was like, oh, I don't have the capacities for this. Like, I can't do this. And it's within that time frame that I was serving my most. I was doing everything and even anything they weren't asking me to do. Oh, my. And uh, now it's just like, okay, like, Lord, you got to pace yourself. Mm. It's all about a pace. And I think if you're too small to serve, I'm sorry, if you're too small to, too big to serve, then you're, you're way too, too small, small to lead. Yeah. So I had to make myself small enough to serve. So that way I can be small enough to lead. I'm not even trying to be big to lead. I just want to be at the same where I am so God can keep doing what he's doing and I can keep running. That's and, all it is. And just seeing your stories and being there just a couple times and yeah. watching you lead anywhere from worship to, I think you even did like something like a little spoken word on stage, yeah, correct? Yeah, love spoken word. Uh, I love it too. <laughs> I, I have, I'm trying to get my own channel up, but you know, y'all will hear more about that soon. Um, how has that like... How does it feel sometimes being like the fastest church in America, growing church, and just being able to do spoken <laughs> word, do worship? I don't know if you do it for all six services one time. You did? Did you? No, I only oh, did okay. it for like three services. Still, you're you're ministering to thousands of people wow. at that time. How, I don't know if that hits you before, but like, how did you like? How do you feel like? I felt honored, to be honest, because um, I think. Being a college student and being able to like serve in different areas such as worship and being on spoken word and being able to minister to all those people was really honoring to me. And um, just based on my story, like when I was asked to do this, I was like, "Cool, I'll just do it." But in the two services, like it was, the first two services were pure practice to me, and the last um, service, I kind of felt like a tug on my heart, like someone needs to hear this and it was just an, a whole nother ball game because when I was asked to do this spoken word I always tell people this, like whenever they ask me to do specials at VU I don't hate it but it's like oh my god this is my life story all over again like <laughs> how do you guys keep choosing me for this and it, it was getting quite emotional the very last service because um, I was raped when I was 18 Wow. Um, and mind you I was still in the ministry world and it was hard for me to get my confidence back. It was hard for me to look at someone or be around a dude or look at someone and say, oh yeah, I'm perfectly fine. And that spoken word was just my heart, you know, being spoken out. And so many women afterwards, like, hey, the same thing happened to me. And, you know, thank you for speaking. And thank you for doing this. And thank you for doing that. It was really honoring for me. Do you think that those times have really allowed your testimony to shine? Yeah, I really do think so. But there are times like where I like, I just love how God works. Sometimes like people just want to share their testimony, and there are times like that you want to hold it back until someone actually asks you about your testimony. And it just so happens that when I'm asked to do a special, they're asking me to tell my testimony, and it just allows me to minister in so many ways. And they allow you to tell your testimony in a very raw fashion. Yeah. Wow. 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 Like, I, I'm. I love spoken word too, so I can definitely relate to that. Like, I do, uh, uh, Wendy hears a lot of my spoken words, <laughs> and so she, 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 uh, I think she likes them. They're deep. So they get real deep. Uh, 
it's just like I like tugging at the notion of a church. Yeah. Challenging kind of like the notion of the American church. Yeah. And like where is the where is Christ in the American church? Right. Um, to where some one of my spoken words before actually started with uh, uh, what what was a man and a a Christian and a philosopher walk into a bar. It starts like that. It sounds like the beginning of a joke. <laughs> it, it, but at the end of the, at the end of the spoken word, you just realize that it, it's just a play. It's a story. I like writing writing stories. I love writing stories. I'm yeah. terrible at t- uh, telling them though. <laughs> what? I, I just I, I, I need to get better at that. But um, at the end of the day, you find out that it's just a Christian, a philosopher, but also a homeless man. The homeless man, nobody else but the philosopher sees. By the end of the spoken word, you realize that the homeless man was Jesus. Wow. And he was only seen for a philosopher. The Christian was doing his best to reach him. But Jesus stepped in a little bit later and just and at that point he even pick, uh, shows him his like wrist. Wow. Shoots wrist, shows him the holes and pulls up his shirt, shows him his torn up ribs. I'm not gonna do the spoken word right now. <laughs> uh, but I just feel like for them to allow you to do something so raw because if you're in the church and you're saying Christian and a philosopher walk into a bar, a lot of churches would be like, what? Like, where's uh, this going? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> a bar? Like, that. that's just a, like, right then and there. Like, a lot of uh, churches, like, feel like that. Where do you think is the place for being raw in the church? Uh, where do you think that, like, goes? Like, where do you think is the place with that? I think church is a place for that to be honest mm. I don't think anyone wants to step in a church where the pastor is not being real mm. or being raw if you're not being raw I don't want to be where you are That's right true. so um, especially community this is why we build community why we do things the way we do is so that people can be raw and can be real and transparent and vulnerable and if you're not raw then get out yeah <laughs> Do you think there was a fear that you had in being raw while at Blue Church? Because I know there was a journey leading up to yeah. you know, them asking you. So, like, if there um, was fear, how did you get over it? I When I started going to Blue, like, it took me time. Like, I was very quiet for a very long time, and I'm a very extroverted person. Mm-hmm. So imagine how uncomfortable I was not speaking. Uh-huh. Um, there was a point in time where I was quiet, but not quiet because I was shy. Mm-hmm. Quiet because I was observing. That's a word. Um, but, um, Jesus, help me. I think that was a point in time where I felt like, okay, if I get into, like, it's weird how me and David can't be the way we are, like, naturally are separately together because I haven't hung out with David. Like, I haven't known David long enough. I can't be my self self with you because we haven't hung out. Yeah. But if you ask Carrie, Lori's, Lori's a, a jerk. <laughs> like, I'm a jerk to my friends, but a good jerk. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's hard to be yourself if you haven't had time to be around family. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's so true. over time when you're around family, it's like, okay, this is how she is. Yes, she sings obnoxiously in the shower. Yes, <laughs> yeah, she, she screams like randomly. Oh, All this stuff. So it took time to make Boo like family family because mm-hmm. you had to figure out the people. Just wondering, maybe I don't know if you'll relate to this because this was me because I was the same way when I first came to SUFTL. And for the three to four, or maybe like I think it was about like maybe even 16, 
everyone from my first year from SUFTL listening to this that knew me my first year of SUFTL. Did you graduate from there? Graduate next year. Hey, let's hey. go. But uh, <laughs> so my first year of SUFTL, I was actually quiet for two weeks. I was quiet, not a bird, not a word, not a butterfly, not a bee, nothing, <laughs> nothing, none of those came out of my mouth. I was at the couch the whole time playing video games or even at, at my desk doing homework. Yeah. Nothing. Like, I'm like, I probably talked to one person and then after two weeks, bro, it was like, it was like a, a switch. Yep. It was like, whoop, David talked, like said one word today, one and a half words. 1.75. And then it just was like two, three, ten, double, double, triple, quadruple. It's like David can't stop talking now. Now that David's saying two words, now he's talking to two people a day. Three phone Let's calls. Let's go. Two phone calls. David's talking to seven people before he goes to sleep now. I'm like, what? So I definitely get what. Was that a little bit like how you were in Boo College? Oh, no. Boo College? <laughs> he's like, no. Um, so, funny thing about me is, my parents made sure that we went to private school. Mm. Lori hated private school. I did not do private. I just Lori hated private. private school. Um, Lori, Lori had to get out of there. So when I finally got out of there, I went to Catholic school. And mind you, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Ah. So you had to take theology class at a Catholic school. So the professor loved me. Really? This is why he loved me. I challenge his theology. And that's a big thing for me. If I cannot challenge or have a debate, I'm like very upset. Like I gotta sit there for an hour and tell you, like, no. Do you really think Peter walked on water? Of course he did. Like dumb stuff. But I want to make sure, like, you can go back and forth with me. First week of college. Ouch. <laughs> did you do that? I like I don't like quiet classes. Oh. So even though I know something was right, I had to say the opposite to get everyone riled up, everyone talking. That's how it should be in a ministry school. That, that's how it. That's how it is. Correct me if I'm wrong, because now you're in New Testament. Uh, she did New Testament survey. I took the classes. That's literally the class that we were debating. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! For our class, we have an amazing professor, Pastor Matt Larson. Uh, is our do you know him? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this year. He's a he's a legend. He's a he's a legend at uh, SUFTL. He's a pastor. I gotta come through one time. You do. It's it's fam over there. Like we definitely, you know, we had our ups and downs, but we have an amazing yeah. director that That's is good. It's so there for us. Erica De Silva. She is so loving and caring. Like I, I brag about her all the time. <laughs> Just because not she shepherds us. That's good. Especially as a team leads, she shepherds us. Because she knows it goes top down. Like she knows she'll shepherd the team leaders. The team leaders will shepherd their people. Wow. Um, I love amazing, that. amazing leader. Uh, but anyway, uh, for our first day in orientation, actually, to just say how amazing of a leader she actually uh, to get this as part of our culture of being servant leaders. She watched each of our, her team leads speak, and then we watched each of our students speak. Wow. So yeah, during orientation, That's it was. That's something. That, it is. <laughs> I gotta see this. It was it was uncomfortable <laughs> because like at that point you knew because I had a lot of things that happened for me in the summer. Yeah. Being honest, a lot of uh, um, just being very transparent, things going around. Like I didn't respect myself nor anybody. I didn't treat dating sacred. Yeah. At that point, um, dating is so serious. Shoot. 
yeah. we'll keep going. <laughs> uh, see, the, the thing with me and talking in interviews, I talk in circles sometimes, like yeah. curves, and it's like now I have to go on a straight line. <laughs> but uh, I felt like how Peter did um, when Jesus washed his feet. Wow. Because like I'm over here like Erica is serving me. She put in everything she has. She dedicates time just to put into me. And in my back of my mind, I'm like, there's a lot of things I haven't even told her, and I'm so ashamed because I did it like in her program, in her houses, and it's like you just feel like how Peter felt, like when he said, "I'm not worthy." Like wow. that's what I wanted to say. Wow. Um, so you really felt like that sin is like that condemnation. It really makes you feel like you're not even worthy of Jesus sometimes. Yeah. Um, but. Backtrack. I don't even know how that gets. Oh yeah, Pastor Matt. <laughs> Pastor Matt Larson. So back to Pastor Matt and how our classes are. Um, this isn't just a. This isn't comparative. There's two cultures and we respect each culture yeah. very much. We we respect you guys crazy. Like with everything you do. Me and Erica have talks about it all the time. Mm-hmm. But with our talks, like with our uh, classes, we have all of our team lead guys love to debate and love to. I it has say, to be a thing. It, it, me, there's me, Caleb Rosenbarger, which is my white Puerto Rican friend. White me, Puerto Rican friend, so is, dead. He is white, so small, dead. skinny <laughs> soccer player. Very crazy amount of energy. He racks up steals when we play basketball. Wow, good. Brandon, who is like this level-headed, like very logical thinker. He's, me and him are close. And then one of my friends, Phil, who yeah. just like, he can argue about anything. It doesn't have to be theology. He'll argue about whatever. <laughs> And the so, water's not wet. What? <laughs> no, that's me. <laughs> I'm that guy. And we go to Fine Arts and Rise every year. And every year we go, my gosh, mind you, it's the same people that go us as team leads. Yeah. Because we just, like, we know how to, like, kind of promote. We know what to drill. And every time we go, we have this long argument, debate. Like, I was debating about time. Like, what is future? What is the future? Yeah. Is there such thing as a future? And if it is, what does the Bible say about the future versus what does man say? What is the difference? Where's the line? Now, we were just talking about yeah. that. And we all had different opinions. And so we debated. And, you know, and in our New Testament class, mind you, it can, like, if me and Caleb are in that class, we will put our inputs. We will put our two cents in. I don't know. Is it quiet when you take the class or no? It's very quiet. It and is? I think everybody's trying to get used to. No, it can't full of be pressure. quiet. <laughs> and it just, can't. It's just mostly Pastor Matt talking to us and like, okay, he what can like I that. do? Yeah. He doesn't the like that. The funny thing about the class, we took it with Eric, Professor Drip. Professor Drip. Professor Drip. That, that, that's how I call it. Professor Drip. We just created that name. We took it with him and... You know, I know, I think there's like a, a guideline of how to teach the class, but we were on that guideline, but we were on that guideline. Like we would like read the scriptures, whatever. It was like, how do you apply this to your life? Do you think the church is preaching like this way or that way? And at a point in time, the pastor was so quiet. I was like, I don't think we preach this way, uh-huh. even though we do preach that way. And they're like, I don't like the way you said that. Cause you know, Pastor Rich does preach this way. I'm like, I know he does, but you're talking now. Uh-huh. You're talking now. So we're going to debate this. like. How, like, if you created a church, how would you preach? Mm, and how good. long would it take for you to get to the transitions? That's like, good. what would you do? You make people yeah. think. Yes. That's, That's a big thing. Like, That's important. I think something about our generation, especially with ministry school, everyone wants to be a pastor. That's true. And not everyone is called to be a pastor. That's true. Some people can be called to be a servant leader. There's nothing wrong with being a servant leader. The church needs those. Start up. We need more servants than we do leaders. We do. There's enough leaders. If we can just back up the leaders that we have now and continue to serve, the church will go beyond. Beyond.
Y'all can up. do y'all can do six services every day of the week. Oh my god. <laughs> we only have five, yo. We only got five. Oh, y'all got five now? Yeah. Oh. When the church gets to ten services, we'll let you know. Oh, ten services. We'll let you I know. Can see that. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh, elevation. So, oh no 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 top. Oh. <laughs> so with that, like you said, that like everybody feels like they're called to be a pastor. Do you yeah. think it's a problem with identity? Well, like when people come in. Let's say I say yes to that. I think it's an identity issue, and it's also a confidence issue because I think the biggest platform that lies is, is social media, uh -huh. and social media says, oh, this person is a rapper. Like he started from nowhere and he's somewhere now, mm -hmm. so I can be a rapper, start on YouTube, like vlog, I can quit my job. I've had people do this and I'm like, it doesn't work like this, right? And there are people that, okay, um, you know, Stephen Furtick is here in his life and he started at what, 17? I can do this too. Mm -hmm. I'm 17. And they, word for word, copy every sermon yeah. or every action, mm -hmm. every move, every song he ever written, mm -hmm. and it doesn't make you Stephen Furtick, it still makes you you. That's why my biggest thing when I started college, someone asked me like, who do you want to be? Like, do you want to be like Pastor Rich? Do you want to be like Pastor DC? And I'm like, I admire them. I look up to them, but do I want to be like them? No, I don't have the same calling they have. Pastor Rich's anointing is beyond what I can like even yeah. put into words. DC even worse. She's a savage, okay? And I think that the, the thing it was with me is um, they have, Pastor DC's brother and his wife help out the church. And when they asked me who I wanted to be, I said I want to be them. Because they don't feel entitled. Even though they're related to Pastor DC, like, in my culture, I'm Haitian. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. The minute someone in your family is a pastor, oh, I could run the church because he's my brother, or he's my uncle, or, or he's my dad. But they don't have that spirit. And that spoke volumes to me because I just want to be in the background serving. And a lot of people with their identity, what they do is, oh, Okay, I'm gonna look up to this person. I'm gonna turn into this person, and at the end of the day, I probably um, surpass this person. It doesn't work like that. If you're yourself, mm -hmm. and you're in God's will, and you're walking, and you're working, and you're striding—not mm -hmm. striving, striding—you'll get to exactly what God wants you to be. And that's why confidence is such a big thing for me. Like mm -hmm. people say, I'm overly confident. I don't <laughs> believe it. I just believe that I just know who I am yeah. and who I'm that's called true. to be and what I'm walking, that's and that's true. all it is. That's what I want people to do. I just want you to walk in who you are. Yeah. When people tell me they're sad or they don't know what they should be doing, I'm like, that's probably because you have the brain. Mm -hmm. That's probably because you're not confident in who you are and where you're called to be. Mm -hmm. It's a big part of it all. Yeah. Let me ask you, I love what you said about calling. I feel like when you try to be Rich Wilkerson Jr., first of all, you're going to feel like being Rich Wilkerson Jr. You're going to feel like being yourself. Yeah. Because you're not, I see it like a city. Like us as a community, it's like a village a lot of times. Yeah. Like if... Whitney over here wants to be a hospital, and, but she's meant to be a hospital. But if I want to be a hospital just because Whitney's a hospital, yeah. like, my analogies are weird sometimes. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. But if Whitney wants to be a hospital and I want to be a hospital, I don't have the parts to be a hospital. I have the experiences. I don't have the people around me yeah. to build a hospital. I don't have the workers. I don't have the, maybe even the grease sometimes, yeah. the technology. I don't have everything Whitney has to pull off being a hospital. I'm yeah. gonna be the worst hospital in the world. Not only <laughs> that, I could be a great police station. 
But because I won't be a police station. <laughs> I like how you're like naming buildings. <laughs> okay. Well, because I do see it as a city. Like yeah. I do think there's a need. And if I rob myself of being a police station wow. just because I want to be a hospital, then boom, crime runs rapid in my city. Wow. And I just feel like that's just not what God has created us to be. A church is many parts, many. What if everyone wants to be the hand? I'm sorry. I went through buildings. You know, the Bible <laughs> says hands, legs, arms, feet, teeth. Well, I the body's not complete without every part. So not, you're right. You know, I hear I hear the hand and feet. Tonight. I wanted to go to the building side <laughs> of it. You know, because I see it like it is like yes, because not a lot of people realize what really the body does. Yeah. The heart, blood vessels move side to side, side to side. So sometimes there might be cl- people close to Whitney's life, people close to the heart. Sometimes that might be things close to the hand. Yeah. Some other things close to the hand that's a job for the hand to reach. And it's important to realize that things flow in and out. Yeah. In and out. Just like seasons flow in and out. That's right. Now blessings are like the blood vessels that flow in and out of muscles. They get used and but they get stored and they get put out. But yeah. the one thing that stays is that the church. Yeah. Which is the body. The church is the body. We're all gonna stay connected regardless of what happens. I love that. Um yeah. But yeah, the city. I like the city. But I didn't even know what straight line. We just went from Pastor Matt to City Talk. You know? <laughs> if you could be a building, Lori, what would you be? Ooh, I'll be Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> coffee shops. Coffee shops. That's the way to go in college. No, but one thing about calling is I keep saying this to myself, and I say the other God doesn't call the qualifies. He qualifies the call. And just as you like. It's a matter of staying put. It's like staying put and knowing that despite the circumstances, despite the season, God is still qualified. Through the hardship and all this other stuff, God got you. You got to stay open. Yeah. You got to always be ready to be filled in a way. Ready to be filled with anointing. Um, Whitney knows my... I, I said <laughs> Whitney because she knows, like, I have conversations. She knows I think in pictures and analogies. Oh, wow. So I'm about to throw another one. Oh, wow. I'm ready. <laughs> so, I'm ready. We're all like, uh, we're all like uh, reservoirs, right? Reservoirs, okay. And we can't be upset that the rain is over here to this person's life, and it's not over us. Okay. We just gotta be ready, and we gotta be open because sometimes if we're like that, we will be filled with water. We won't be looking for water in the terrible place. We won't be looking for water in the sewer, yeah, in the dumpster, in the sewage. And then next thing you know, God's trying to fill us with blessings Come from on. rain. I like that. And we can't even be filled because we have all this too much junk in our reservoir. I love that because we're looking at other people, then we're so desperate. We can't be desperate. We gotta be glad that person's getting filled up. That's just not our season. Yeah. Our season always, no matter what season we may be going through, our season is always to be open to whatever God has to pour in. That's good. Like that's just that's that's not even just a season. That's just a that's just being human. That's well, I love life. what you said about rejoicing for others. Like, I'm big on rejoicing for others. Like, most recently, like a friend of ours at college, Brookie, she got engaged at <laughs> the age of 19. My oh, girl is wow. doing life, and like a couple of hours later, I found out someone at our church is having a baby girl. Someone is having a boy, oh and I'm just here rejoicing. And my sister's like, none of this is happening to you. I'm like, as you rejoice for others, you know, God is going to do something for you. If if you win, we all win. Come on. Period. Like, Straight up how it works. That, that just, and that's something as a team lead, if I can be honest with my heart. Yeah. Um, as a team lead, that's been one of my goals since I've been a team lead, to make SCU community a spirit, uh, really practice what I preach, and that's, practice it more than I preach in all yeah. honesty where if you win we all win yeah. period like my barber shop the people who cut my clients hair they keep 100% of the proceeds 
period. I just help them get the clients because at the end of the day, it's not just a business, it's a ministry because they're ministering that. to people. It's called Holy Cuts Barbershop. Check it out. Holy Cuts Barbershop. Holy Let's Cuts go. Barbershop. Uh, well, I love that because Pastor Rich said it doesn't matter. Like This is, goes back to the ministry thing. It's like sometimes you're not called to be a pastor, but you can be a pastor in whatever area you are in. Mm. Like if you're a doctor, you adopt a pastor. Just sure. add pastor to your resume. <laughs> it just works. I shepherd people. I shepherd clients. Let's go. I shepherd my staff. You That's know, straight you up how it works. Shepherd. Straight up how it works. So what do you think, uh, Lori? Do you think in this time of just you, do you think that God has a specifically uh, for you, like, like, cause I see each person like a somewhat of like a dagger sometimes, or like a spear. Where do you think? What go- direction do you think God is throwing you in this time? Um, I don't know. You don't know where you're gonna <laughs> land, but you where your direction do you think? Right now, I think when I started food college. Well, let me just say this: anyone who's in ministry, it's hard for you to preach if you haven't been through anything, mm. and it's hard to you to it's hard to minister for some, like to someone if you haven't gone through, through something. It, yeah. And just that, um, the story from the beginning, like when I got raped or whatever, that's a whole other thing. But like, I'm in a whole other season where God is like wrecking my heart. He's like taking it apart. And it's not like breaking my heart to hurt me, but to rebuild me. And I'm just in a season where it's just like, um, transparency, Lori. So, um, about... After my birthday, you remember birthday party? Yes. You didn't come, yeah. but it's not your fault. Um, <laughs> That's my fault. <laughs> um, after my birthday party, uh, maybe a week after my father left, our family, completely left our family. And um, it was just hard for me because I'm a daddy's girl. And it was hard because he was like the financial dude in the house, the only man in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and we were just living like it's... Five, it was five of us, now it's four of us. And from us getting like financially unstable to not even having money to put in our car, like gas, not having insurance, accident after accident. Literally everyone in the house has been in an accident this year. Like rotation. And it's just like, before like all this happened, whenever I would go to church, I would worship standing. Like if I would like sitting in the audience, standing for word like for worship i would stand in worship but in this season of my life i was just serious, like literally bought to my knees and every time i would enter like voo church and worship was going on you would not find me standing i'd be like on the ground crying and not crying because i'm hurt crying because i want god to actually speak like obviously this is happening for a reason and the reason is to either make me stretch me or whatever you want to do with me God and I spent like four months straight up in that posture of worship and like slowly but surely God has been coming through every single time every single time and in this season of life I'm just I'm just expecting that's where I am like I don't care where the dagger goes to be honest I'm just always expecting and because of that experience I've learned that there's different postures to worship sometimes you can stand yeah stand great but it's okay to kneel it's okay to cry it's okay to be like in a whole nother place because the spiritual realm is different than the physical realm like it's different like especially with me singing worship i can't sing i can't lead worship just singing the words 
I have to be the words. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Father, I want you to lead me where my trust is without borders. I want to be in your presence, like, way different than I've ever been. So ministering for me and even areas for me are different. Like, I have to do everything in a whole different posture. Even when I'm singing, like, before I even sing, I'm, like, I'm talking, like, it's weird. You should be, like, singing with everybody else. I'm like, God, whatever's about to come out of my mouth, someone needs to hear it. And I want you to do another thing. I want you to do another thing in this season. It's a big thing for me to not sing out of me and sing out of him. That's good. So it's it's yeah. it's huge. I just went off. I'm That's so good. sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. Whitney's a dancer, so she can oh, Whitney. relate ah, to that. Ah, <laughs> she she goes and raises all to me all about like her her dances, like purely ministry. I mean yesterday, you know, I'm not gonna say who names or anything specific, but she had a practice yesterday to uh-huh. where she just talked and she just prayed and she just fellowshiped. Yeah. Because I mean, sometimes you have to let go of the practicing and stuff. Sometimes it's really like you have to really get yeah. into that place. Yeah. And it's like, it's sometimes hard where you have to translate what you've been through into what you're ministering. Wow. Wow. And so I had a kind of a disconnect yesterday and I had to really like forget practice. Like, I don't want to go out there and perform because anybody can just go up there and dance and perform. That's yeah. That's not really what it's about. It's about impacting lives. Yeah. So it's like, if you're not in that place, how are other people going to get to that place I love if you're that. not even in it? I love that. Yeah. So, Funny thing about that is, especially whatever ministry you, uh, whatever area you minister in, mm-hmm. sometimes you can get like into the norm of it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is just another Sunday. I'm yeah. helping in this area. Or this is just another dance. Mm-hmm. Oh, we practice a million times. Oh, this is just another song. No, it's not just another song. Because there is someone who has never encountered a guy that's going to encounter him in a whole nother light. Mm-hmm. That you're gonna bring someone that's far from Christ closer to Christ, yeah. and it's just like we shouldn't be like this is nothing to be like uh, um, normal with or mm-hmm. like in the norm with. Mm-hmm. So it's a big thing to always disconnect. I love the way that yeah. you just disconnected. That's a big mm-hmm. thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big thing. It was uh, I listened to uh, Black. Uh, Who's six, Black? Six Black. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's R and B, deep R and B. He had two songs. Pretty, uh, no, uh, what's the thing? Uh, East Atlanta Love Letter, one of them, and the other one was, I think, Problems or something like that. Oh, Free, free Six Slap. But, anyways, uh, he had a song called Disconnect. And yeah. This is a Christian guy, by the way. It's okay. But, like, it, it was just, it was saying about how, like, you have to disconnect, uh, like, between some things just so you can gain, like, kind of like a greater appreciation sometimes. Yeah. Not even just appreciation, but, like, you find, like, why learn the why and like that gap yeah um have you uh, i'm gonna backtrack just a little bit you're have good you guys uh spongebob seen spongebob <laughs> i'm assuming we all have so there's one show and this is how i always seen anointing even when i first saw the show so i don't know if you saw the show where uh i love this song oh my god um, <laughs> but it, it shows where crusty crab is like dig i want you to dig for your day shift today dig in this well yeah that show yeah. Digging this well. I want you to keep digging. Do you remember? Whitney's show? like, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I don't think you ever watch the show. Do I don't watch, watch SpongeBob like nah, that. You don't watch SpongeBob? Your uh-huh. title is just ruined. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she didn't do. A, she didn't, uh, did you watch? She, no. Do you? Did you watch Avatar: The Last Airbender? I yeah, love I Avatar. Okay. Like I would watch yeah, I it watch over that. and over, nah, freaking over amazing. again. <laughs> but yeah, with SpongeBob, when he kept digging and kept digging and kept digging and kept digging, and he found like that wealth of gold. Yeah. I feel that's a lot of times where anointing lies. Wow. Like, you just have to keep 
digging and keep digging and keep digging and keep digging. You're not, you're gonna get tired. Yeah. You're gonna break stuff. You're gonna get broken. But it's like, God's like, how badly do you want this? Well, like, how how badly do you want this? Like, do, is this something that you're just gonna sit on your couch, pick up a phone, press an app, buy like 200 V bucks, and then boom, you got it? No. <laughs> Yeah. This is this is work. You know, this is not like this is not like once people feel like I feel like some people think it's luck or it's by chance wow. mm-hmm. that they become a celebrity preacher or that it's luck and it's not hard work that these rappers are where they are. Yeah. Or it's luck and not work but these worship singers like Brooke and Hillsong are Brooke where they is are. Life. Mm-hmm. I, people think that it's like easy that the next day no that's that anointing you don't yeah. know how hard that person prays do you want a prayer life do you want to make the sacrifice that they made before? wow because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know about me it's like I'm not I don't have the hardest testimony I really don't um a lot of things have been self-inflicted to be honest I if all honesty I'm a suburb kid middle class everything uh did I have a drug history back then yes um my testimony is connected to my dad a lot because wow. my dad passed away first week of college for me um so it's kind of like god you sent me here like what what's happening now but i just had to get over it wow. like you know god like i remember watching the kids uh for uh royal rangers and uh what's that girls ministries and then <laughs> i get a call from my sister and saying daddy's in the hospital it wasn't it wasn't the easiest at all but at that point you have to like you have to stay and be like, okay, how David, how badly do you want this? Right. And it's like that badly, like God, like you have to work, you have to sacrifice. I've asked God to take me through hell last year, and He really did. That that was a prayer of mine. Anybody out there, if you ever want God to like take you <laughs> to a different level, He's gonna take you through some hell. First. Funny thing about that is, I think a lot of people ask for, um, well, there's three different types of baptism, obviously, mm-hmm. right? But the baptism fire, some people don't understand. Mm-hmm. And the baptism fire is when you're through trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. People ask God for fire and don't know what they ask for. They sure. don't know what they ask for. And it's like when I pray, I'm like, God, I know that I shouldn't be asking for fire, but I want your fire right now. Because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you got to be purified. Like the, the process of gold is it has to be purified. It has to burn mm-hmm. to be what it is. You know, I'm like, God, purify me. I want to be gold. Let's go. <laughs> Send your fire. Let's do it. Send your fire. Let's do it. I'm actually, since you like to debate theology, uh, <laughs> oh god, I'm gonna ask you this question. All right, this goes back to the fire and the hell and everything, right? Uh-huh. So, hell has fire, right? You got lava. I'm playing. Yeah, lava. Yeah, <laughs> but let me ask you this: You think God is in hell? God is everywhere. He exists in hell too. He's everywhere. Okay. I can agree behind that. All right. Okay. If you said no, <laughs> what I would have asked is, uh, where did the fire come from? Because fire is not made without oxygen. Right. So I think that what I was getting there is that, like, I, th- I believe behind every theology is a further, like, proof of his faith. Yeah. And, like, proof of his promise and everything. Yeah. Behind hell, there's a lot of fire in hell. There's a lot of sharpening in the fire. But even in that sharpening, you got to realize the fire wouldn't be there without his breath. Right. Because breath, oxygen, that's what creates fire. Right. Fire is created under conditions of oil, something to fuel off, and fire and oxygen. Yeah. That's what's made. And it's the spark just lights on fire. And I feel like a lot of people, they feel like, oh, I'm going through hell. I'm going through. Just know God is right there. Yeah. Tight with you. Yeah. 
like in that hell but it's just at the same time he like you want to get sharpened like I'm gonna prune you and the Bible even says I'm gonna prune you I'm gonna prune you prune and he doesn't Let's prune go. and what I love before that is so good it says that I'm not gonna prune the dead ones I'm gonna prune the ones that are good come on the ones that are good it's not that he doesn't people think that God is like a God that thinks that like he's gonna like you one day and he's not gonna like you just like like some terrible relationship or some yeah. terrible friendship or some terrible like ex or ex boyfriend or girlfriend. No, he's not that. He's a God of promise. That's his character. Mm-hmm. He's gonna love you regardless. Yeah. And so in that he's gonna always like he's pruning you because he loves you. Yeah. You don't always gotta work you don't I I think is when you get to that moment that you know that God will love you no matter what you do, is that mm-hmm. point that true transformation can exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking a lot. Like wow! Like when I did when I first started doing podcasts, I knew how I love to talk, and I'm like, I can't do this, David. So <laughs> you Whitney, got this. <laughs> when you got any uh, further questions, we're hitting at like uh, the 40 minute mark right now. <laughs> you got any final questions for Lori? Um yeah, I know. One time we talked about um you know us focusing on others kind of rob us of an opportunity of growth. So. Do you ever feel like um, while you've been at Boo that there's been seasons where you kind of robbed yourself of something God wanted to do with you? Dude, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> you can't bring her no more. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's a great quiet. question. She, she's quiet. Yeah, yeah. It's, you got to worry about the quiet ones. Uh-huh. They, <laughs> they, they, they the ones. They the ones. They sneaky. Um, I think there, there have been seasons where I have robbed myself like you know, Lori, you probably don't have the capacity to do this. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just walked away from it. Like, there's times where I'm asked to do certain things, and it's just like, yeah, I'll do it, but I don't think I'll do it at the best of my ability. You just saying that just robs myself. Mm. And I don't know. I think just, like, I don't know. There's a lot of things. Gosh. <laughs> there's so much. If you want to, you can give an example of the one you remember the best. Dang. Lori, which one? But I think generally speaking, I think there are times where um, I think God, like God puts people in your way that can see your capacity and what you can do. And it's like when they ask you to do something, it's because they see your growth. Like they see where you can go. And just declining or saying no robs you. Mm. So there have been times where like, let's say this off-season, school is over. If someone from, like, production or worship, like, he'd be like, hey, could you do this? No, I can't because I'm off. That's robbing myself. Mm. Just because I'm on a break from school doesn't mean I'm on break from ministering. Oh, that's good. So that's a big thing. That's robbing myself. Like, there's been times where if I'm too tired, I can't do it. <laughs> and it's like, no. Where do you think you hit that balance of being a student and also, like, I'm serving at my church 24-7? Whenever it's 4.15. <laughs> a track time. Oh, I'm uh, so stupid. Wait, what? Check time? <laughs> track time? Track time. Yeah. So that's your. That's when you go into your track? Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's not the time, though. Um, I know for SU, it should... Don't listen to this, SU. It should be, like, the opposite. Like, how you're a stupid... Like, a student first, then you're a servant leader. For me, it's the opposite. I'm a servant leader, then a student. That's why I'm so late on my homework. Yeah. Okay? It's like... I put, I literally put the, the church ahead, ahead of everything. Mm. And that's not a problem. It's just, there's there's no barrier for me. Mm-hmm. 
like as long as I can serve in God's house, it's all I want to do. Like my mom, she's been at our home, well, her home church, because I go to Hoo now. Uh -huh. uh, she's been at her home church for over 20 years. And she came when she was 18. And just the, the third Sunday she was there, what she gave herself to do was clean the church. And she's been doing that for 20 years. No one else cleans the church. It's my mom's ministry. Like, wow. if the church is clean, the bathroom don't look right, you better scream at Colleen because Colleen didn't do it. But, like, she planted herself in something. And through that, God has showed up in every way. And that's my biggest thing. It's like, I want to show up and do whatever I'm asked to do, do what God has called me to do, do what I'm planted to do, without questions if someone else is going to show up and do it, or um, what if someone else can do it better than me? That's not my that's not my problem. God has called me to do it, and I'm just going to do it to the best of my ability. So in every aspect, I think just serving, serving, being a student, just knowing your seasons, and knowing when to take a break is yeah. very serious. Sometimes you got to take a break or you will burn the heck out. Shoot, you will. You will. I can relate to that. So I guess some further thoughts uh, before we wrap up, Lori. Is there anything you want to tell like our audience, uh, our listeners out there? Uh, there's a person in Seoul, Korea, or Korea. Chi Chinatown, Spain, <laughs> or Spain Town, China. Spain Town, China. China. Great. So is there, is there anything you want to tell them? Um, what would you let them know about like just your time? Um... I think it's all about knowing who you are. I think it's about being confident in who you are, who you're called to be. Knowing that despite what season you're in, you're qualified because God has called you. Um, despite like all that you've been through, like it's not the end. God doesn't take you to an area. He doesn't take you to a place and walk away from you just because he thinks you got it. Um, that's about it. I think God has been good in every way. And even if you haven't experienced God, and you've waiting, you're waiting to experience God, God is going to do something so crazy that it's going to be like off the chain. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Uh, but I want to take a second to honor you both. Thank you guys for coming out oh here. Oh, my God. Thank it's you for talking amazing. to me. Um, I think you have such a great calling on your life, Dave. Thank you. Um, in whatever area you step into, it's going to get better. appreciate it. The light that you have inside of you is going to shine so freaking bright. <laughs> I don't think... You know how the Bible says um, you can't take a light and put it under a bushel? Even if they did try to put you on a bushel, it would shine so bright, they wouldn't know it was a bushel. You're, um, so I'm extremely proud of you. I'm extremely you. proud of everything that you're doing and who God has called you to be. Whitney, honey. Oh, <laughs> Tell you all about yourself. I think you're in a season of um, uncomfortability. And that's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable in God. Like, God doesn't call you to be comfortable. And if you are comfortable, you're probably not called. And the fact that you're uncomfortable, baby, you called. <laughs> you are called. Just get ready. God is going to do something so big. And just continue, like, just continue to disconnect whenever you feel like you need to hear from him. Because I think the biggest problem for college students, shout out SU, um, <laughs> biggest problem for college students is you get so caught up in the ministry. You get so caught up in homework that even though you're in ministry, you don't even have time to talk to God. Yeah. So take your time to disconnect. Take your time to um, just really talk to him. And another thing um, for myself, when I started at VU, I'm very friendly. So I, I, think, I feel like I know 85% of VU, right? 
and this is just me in the courtyard. Hey, how are you? Like, how long have you been here? Like, so nice to meet you. Can I get your number? And get that number. It's cool to be friends, mm -hmm. but it sucks to not have conversations below the surface. So as you get out of this uncomfortable season and you gain friendships and you grow as a person, because honey, you are you you a ball of fire. <laughs> um, just always remember to have deeper conversation than surface level, because it's gonna take you so much more. Like the friendships you will build, just being intentional and asking. Like it's so big on asking people. Like, are you okay? Like, how can I help you? How can I service you today? It does something so big. So I'm proud of both of you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and I think I can, me and Whitney can definitely speak as, uh, together about uh, just you, Lori, and how the impact you're making, um, everything you're doing, your testimony. I think it definitely, like, it's like a light bulb sometimes. And, like, everybody looking and wondering how, how are you able to turn all these lights on? And you're just teaching everybody, like, You'll, these analogies. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be able this next season how to teach these people how to switch that line on. It's all gonna come in all different shapes and sizes. Like right. not all times gonna be a switch. Sometimes it's gonna be something you pull, sometimes it'll be a lever. Sometimes it might be a power grid. Maybe there might be a circuit loose. But again, I feel like everything you're serving <laughs> right now is gonna be able to show them, okay, this is how you do this, this is how you do that. And the next thing you know, like Okay, hey Lori, I want to get plugged into church. Okay, I need you to do this, I need you to do that, I need you to do this, and this is how you do that, this is how you do that, this is how you do that. Because a lot of people, they want purpose. And I feel like in the future, you're definitely going to be that per that person yeah. that definitely can be able to coordinate God's plan on the surface. Like say, hey, this is your job. I want you to snipe that position right there. I, I like battleground. I like you snipe that <laughs> position. I want you to man. Oh my man God. We can't do this. We're going to go off air just because uh, I'm going to just continue with different analogies <laughs> all over. <laughs> so bless you, Lori. And you know, that's it for Real Talk with Ramos. Turn it, tune in next week. Let's go. <laughs>